Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, myself, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours. I appreciate you carving out some of your morning here to spend with Trent and I. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list, in 25 minutes, we will talk to Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. There is college football news. AD at Texas says they're ready to go. Week 1, September 5th, they plan on hosting South Florida. Works for me. Yes, in. Uh, right? Is this a trick question? Uh, so, with uh, Jack Swarbrook, on the other hand, the AD at Notre Dame says he could see 8 to 10 starting somewhere at the end of September. Um, you just buckle up, folks. It's, it's, there's going to be a lot of this and a lot of changes, as everybody knows, between now and the start of college football. Fingers crossed. Uh, Pete Futak at 1025. 50 days from today. Speaking of days on the calendar that you circle... Chiefs fans have got this one circled as they will uh, begin their defense of their Super Bowl crown 50 days from today. And along those lines, Adam Teicher from ESPN.com, long time at the Kansas City Star. Teich will join us at 1045. We'll talk about the defending champs and the team that's going to push them. Uh, in the AFC West, uh, we'll do a lot with Adam Teicher at 1045. Sean Devaney is here at 1105. He covers the NBA for uh, now Forbes is his most recent stop, but he's covered the league, the uh, NBA, for a couple of decades. Uh, Sean Devaney will join us at 1105. They've been terrific so far, so good in the bubble there. And it's Wednesday. That means David Kaplan makes his appearance, and he'll do so late in the show today at 1135. Thank you, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Justin Luch, Joe Farron, and the team over at Centurion Stone of Iowa. Cappy will join us at 1135. A lot of baseball making its way into that conversation. You had high school baseball last night. You and Sean Roberts had high school yeah. baseball last night. Went to the bullpen and brought in our closer, Sean Roberts, That's who good. was really fun doing the game with him last night. He said uh, eight years ago he was still a student at the time at Grandview, did a game uh, with or maybe he was interning here with Ross, a Grandview baseball okay. game, as he was finishing up and uh, doing his internship here at iHeart Media. Eight years since the last mm-hmm. time he was out there, but it was a lot of fun. His buddy's the pitching coach for Des Moines Christian, so he was popped out there. We did the game last night. It was a great one. It was uh, a no-hitter on one side through the first four innings, just wow. one hit on the other, and the kid was picked off right afterwards. Mm-hmm. We cruised along the first four innings in 30 Two minutes. Wow. Four innings. Gotta like those kind of games. Well, then it slowed out a little bit after that. Well, you're and, asking a lot. For... Right, right. And we were still out of there. I mean, done by 8.15, probably Jeez. something like that. It, it was a quick one. Two really good pitchers on the bump. But Des Moines Christian, after trailing 2 nothing, comes back. They put a three spot on the board in the sixth inning and win it 3-2 mm. and punch their ticket to Principal Park. They'll good play on them. Monday. So will our high school Baseball state coverage. Will you be there all week? Do you it, it, I'll be, be determined? There. Yeah, I'll be there, obviously, giving updates at the very least. Mm-hmm. It'll depend on the timing, though, of the game. So they moved the schedule around a little bit this week to allow in between each and every game 
people to be able to come out from the one student section, the other fan base, and then the next group of do teams they come clear in. the building they after do. every game? That's what yep. I thought. Yeah. So it's going to be before it would be two sessions each day. Now it'll be considered four sessions for the four games. Mm-hmm. Each will be an individual session. So they'll clear it out, do uh, everything that they do to disinfect and do that, and they get the next group in there. Ten thirty, one thirty. 4.30, 7.30 will be the start times. Uh, in fact, it starts on Friday with Class 1A as they get going Friday and Saturday with two games apiece. And then Monday, 2A gets started with their four quarterfinals. 3A on Tuesday and then the big school class on Wednesday. And they go Wednesday, Friday, Saturday for 4A mm. baseball. So it's not just about having one big arm. you you got to have a full staff in order to win a state championship in 4A, the way it certainly should be. I like the way that it's set up there with the big school class. And we uh, we got more sub-state baseball tonight. It'll be over in Urbandale. Another ticket punch tonight, right? Yes. Uh, we'll hand out the... Well, there's a couple of bids still in 1A and 2A. There were a couple of rainouts last night, so the brackets aren't out for either of those classes. They await the final team or two in each of those classes. Tonight, 8 and 3A, 8 and 4A will be handed out, as long as we don't get any rain across the state, and we'll know who will be at Principal Park all next week. And you have Roosevelt Urbandale tonight, Roosevelt Urbandale, yep. Uh, got the thumbs up this morning from Dr. Watson over there. Big thank you to them, making it work for us to be out there. Two local schools will be some other great games Johnston takes on Sioux City East. That's a top five matchup. Mm. Sioux City East was... Is that one streamed, by the way? Yeah, and you can find that. Go to the Johnston Athletic website. The guys do a really good job of that. They stream all their baseball games and really all their events there. But if you're looking for the Dragons tonight, you can find it on the Athletic webpage with the Johnston live stream. Or just Google Johnston live stream, gotcha. and it'll come up there, and you'll be able to catch that one. That should be a great game. Ankeny looks like... You'd hate to say it's a cakewalk, but they take on a Council Bluffs, a Lincoln team that's 9-14. and 14. Mm. And this is the only game that Yankees had to play in the sub-state. One game to get oh, to the state right. tournament for the second-ranked yeah. team. As they walk over. Look like they had, I mean, just an incredible road. It was going to be them and Dowling uh-huh. just to get to state. Mm. We know what happened to Dowling Catholic, so Ankeny gets the bye into the sub-state final, and they'll play Council Bluffs, Abe Lincoln tonight. So that's what we have on the local front this evening. DCG's going to be in action in Class 3A. It'll be a busy night, and we'll keep you up to date after the play-by-play, try to get you as many scores as possible. Well, you know, in a in a normal world, and it seems like it's been a long time since we've lived in a normal <laughs> yes. world, it has been in some respects, you would have had to make a difficult choice this week. Right, yeah. Because you and I were scheduled today to be in Chicago for uh-huh. the start of Big Ten Media Days. What would you have done? It's a great question. I think um, you'd have sent me on my own. I probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And I love high school baseball. I love calling it. And, and I hate to miss, this might be my favorite night of the year. These sub-state finals. Just the importance here. One other local team I forgot to mention, Waukee. They get Mason City tonight. Mm-hmm. Mason City's got a really good pitching staff. That should be a good one out of Waukee. But there's just something about this night, seeing the kids, seeing it last night with Des Moines Christian, knowing that they're getting to play at Principal right, Park and they're going to get to play. Sometimes the stage can be a little bit too big in some of those quarterfinal round matchups. You get some games that frankly aren't very good, especially in the first round, because you know, there's teams that maybe pull an upset and get there, but then they get on the big stage and they're not quite ready for it. Substate final, you get the best of the best playing for that bid 
to get in there there. The emotion of the kids on the top of the step of the dugout, <laughs> everybody hooting and hollering. It is a great environment. Really looking forward to it tonight and, and what we'll see across Central and across the state. Well, and we will hear uh, on 1460 and 106.3 FM as you've got the Urbandale-Roosevelt game. Who are you working with tonight? Do you... Rush Niggett will be gotcha. with me. His, He's back in tow. He is, yeah. His son Alec is a senior on the team, not playing this year, had surgery, so... He's out for the I'm season. Roosevelt. Yep, he'll mm-hmm. be on his way to play baseball at the University of Iowa next year. As it seems like there's four or five kids from Central Iowa every year that go yeah, over to play with true. Coach Heller. It's just incredible what he's done and, and the amount of talent. Ken, I know I've told you this before. We talk about recruiting basketball and football uh-huh. and the D1 kids, and even if they're not ending up at Iowa or Iowa State, we talk about them a lot. There are more D1 players, though, in the state of Iowa than football or basketball in baseball, the guys that go out. Then you talk about the junior colleges, and junior college baseball is so big, and the number of players. You look for college players. Just on Monday night, doing the roosevelt Ankeny Centennial game, there were 14 kids that are already committed to play college is baseball. Is that a fact? In I would have never guessed it was that many. It is an incredible number. Now, some of those are D3 and D2 and the like, no. but, but for the most part, you play on a good 4A team in Central Iowa in the CIML, yeah. you're going to have a chance to move on and play collegiately. tell you, we didn't have that in the North Iowa Conference. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different level of play here, and it's high level of play. Really good baseball. And, you know, talking to a few people, Told you about the environment a couple nights ago up mm-hmm. in Ankeny for the Centennial Roosevelt game. What I saw last night. We're up in North Polk. I'd never been to Elman before. Have you ever been there? Oh, lots of times, yeah. Well, I've been through it. I've, you know, I didn't linger, I don't I, think. I didn't realize. So I was going to stop and grab myself a water. So I had something because concession stands are closed mm-hmm. during oh, this. sure, yeah. There's no gas station no. in the town. Well, there's one, and it's not a gas it's station. It's not a gas station. It's, it's like two pumps, and I think it's one of those co-op <laughs> deals. And that's, that's where, the same thing. That's where times. I stopped, but right across the street, there's a co-op there that had a couple of pop machines. Is that right? So I, I put in my buck fifty, got yeah. my bottle of water, and I was good to go. There used to be a tiny little bar there, I think. So really? When I lived on, I guess you'd call it Western Ankeny, uh-huh. and... We would go to Ames. I like to go to Hickory Park. Oh, lot. sure. So yes. we would cut through the back way mm-hmm. and then pass those big radio towers. Yeah. And through Alleman and stuff. But, but those two, that one gas station, if you want to call it that, <laughs> right. that's not a gas station. It's not a convenience store. It's not. It's just a gas station. Right. They have gas and, and There's that's nobody it. to take your money. No, no. You, you must, it's got to be one of the farmer's co-op yes, or something yeah, like that. that's what I would guess. That's interesting. Yeah, I've been, like I said, uh, yesterday, uh, t- North Polk's the um, first football game, yeah. high school football game. Really nice uh, complex they have there. It's nice, isn't it? I took a look at their new football field and the the track around it. It is beautiful. They've done a really nice job Mm -hmm. there. Their baseball field is immaculate, too. Mm -hmm. Sean and I, uh, Sean mentioned that a couple of different times. You're playing on a neutral field, not one of the home fields, not one you're used to, and they do it right there. I mean, no bad hops. It was true all the way through, which is really good to see. You have Mm. the old water tower right behind center field. It was uh, small school small baseball. Small town Iowa is yeah. what it was. That's where you were last night. Glad you were there. You know, we mentioned this, and we'll get off high school baseball in a second, but we mentioned this around Memorial Day, that high school baseball is going to get more focus on it than mm-hmm. ever before right. due to the circumstances. You've done a phenomenal job. You really have. Thank and, you. Uh, uh, it's been good that we've been able to, through you, um, for the most part, uh, present a lot of these, well, all of the games, but certainly uh, discuss some of the kids that mm-hmm. uh, getting an opportunity when it didn't look as though they were going to have one more chance to be a high school student as they lost so much in the months of April uh, and May. Uh, so uh, looking forward to today's show. Cappy's going to slide on in here. We'll talk about the White Sox. Here's the thing with Cap and the White Sox and the and the Cubs. We've always been 
No, and it's I mean, it's it's not even the scales aren't even close no, to no, being no. balanced. It's been all Cubs for the last few years with Cappy, and you know maybe a. If I get a, a mean tweet or a mean email that, you know, USOBs, why don't you ever talk about the socks and we do the obligatory one question uh-huh. and move on? Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's, the White Sox are the story in Chicago baseball this summer. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. I, th- I truly believe that. Yesterday we went through the Cubs roster. We were just talking back and forth about it. It's a scary proposition. I understand they're the betting favorite. I'm not putting my it. money on that team. Is it the national following, much like you have yes. with, with the Braves, with the Yankees, mm-hmm. and because they're a national brand, you're splitting hairs, but out of that four-team group in the National League Central, I'd put them fourth. So would I. I'd, I'd put them fourth. I'm not quite there with the Reds. Oh, I, I am. I, I, I like the Brewers to at least have a chance here, uh-huh. but it's the Cardinals are going to be the Cardinals. Yeah. The Cubs It's not the group, best division. It's not. What wins it? If you win 34, are you winning this thing? Ah, uh, listen to what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so weird. Yeah, that number makes sense. Probably 34, 33. I don't know who's right. Is it the race to 35? I think your, your ticket is punched. Now, the good news is they have the crossover with the other mm-hmm. considered the worst division, mm-hmm. the American League Central. Right. So there's no matchups with the Braves and the Nats and the Mets mm-hmm. and the Phillies. And the you don't have to play the Dodgers and the D backs yeah. this year. You don't have any of that. You don't have this is the year that you're playing the American League East. Yeah. It's just everybody in the Central, and because of that, maybe it will inflate the division winner a, a tick more, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe even closer to that 35 number because Good way to look at it. you're going to get four games, uh, yep. four or five games, six games maybe against the Royals. Mm-hmm. That'll be the Cardinals. You're going to get will, yeah. those games against the Tigers, and because of that, it's going to bump it up just a little more. Mm-hmm. You know, for the first time since March, I kind of felt like – um, you know, sports were backing away, and I, and I had to check myself because I was watching an exhibition game last <laughs> night. I was pissed off at the Blue Jays. You were. Yeah. You got frustrated. Man, my guy Nate Pearson started right. And uh-huh. He's their their number one prospect. Yes. He's six foot six. He throws a hundred miles an hour. They're gonna they're gonna Chris Bryant him, meaning mm-hmm. they're gonna not start his eligibility clock. You keep him in the minors for a week, and he got the start last night against the Red Sox and just got shelled. <laughs> Just got clobbered. You, Turned Howard. the TV off, pissed off, and then I then I looked back at the box score later on in the night, and uh, the Jays came back and won. But but anyways, it was, it was good to feel like that yes, for the yeah. first time uh, in a long time. Hey, this is a story that um, it's it's well, the only reason I stumbled across. I saw Alaska trending on Twitter. Alaska, Alaska's about uh, they had a powerful earthquake overnight, like a powerful seven point eight. Oh wow, they are evacuating parts of Alaska because they're expecting a tsunami to hit here within the next four hours. Oh, wow. So watch 2020. Just add this to the list, right? They murder hornets. Oh, my God. But, yeah, this is... Um, what was it? Meth alligators? Wasn't that a story yeah. from a, a month or so and back? didn't uh, somebody in Colorado die from the bubonic plague or something Well, they, they found the, when they found like a squirrel that had it. Is and, that what it was? Yeah, and, and then it keeps going down. Yeah, 2020. One thing after another with this thing, but yeah, um, Alaska. I mean, I life below zero, right? I hope mm-hmm. the hailstones are going to be fine. Agnes and Chip uh, <laughs> and Sue and and the, and the rest of the cast at life below zero. But no, all kidding aside, mm-hmm. with that, uh, this is uh, this is something serious to uh, uh, to certainly watch. So we'll see about that. Uh, the some politician in New in New Mexico is asking uh, the two colleges not to play football this fall. 
So high school sports have been shut down for the fall in New Mexico. That decision was made last week, and they were one of the first, I think, to completely say, no, mm-hmm. we're, we're not playing football, we're not playing fall sports mm-hmm. here, we're going to push things back. The The pressure that is going to continue to mount, yeah. bringing it back, New Mexico, New Mexico State, look, they're, they're not in the power right. structure, right. and because of that, the conversation changes for them, but... There's a lot of conversation. The Today, the decision is going to come down from the NCAA if they are going to hand out the FCS championship here in the fall. Mm-hmm. Well, did you hear that last night? By the way, college football tonight was on, and I, and I realized it after I got pissed off and flipped off the Jays <laughs> and the Red Sox. It was, I think it was their first night last night. And along those ends, um, one, of the, one of the guys, uh, Pollock, uh, was talking about he, he thinks that FCS should permanently move to January, February, March, just because, look, we've, we've seen the XFL fail miserably, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and yeah. those type of leagues to try and take off the NFL. I don't know if this would, because there's a, you're, you, you've got, in some cases, your affiliation to your college, uh, the, the school that you went to. I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, how are they going to play these games in Montana? I get that there's yeah. a dome in Fargo, and you and I's got a dome, and it would make sense for some of them. I mean, on the surface, eh. But sounds like that's the way they're leaning this year, according to Pollock, is they don't want to cancel, but they do want to move. So if they do move for the one season, okay, I get it. We're we're going through what we're going through right now, all well and good. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of big issues that come up if you make the decision for the FCS to move completely year after year to the spring. The the argument is, the reason you do it, you have the spotlight to yourself. After the NCAA tournament, you're playing your playoff games maybe in April, even May, pushing that back. And because of that, you're going to get, A, a lot more coverage. Mm -hmm. And secondly, you're going to get more TV money. How much national interest is there it's a good question, outside friend. of North Dakota State? Yeah, fair question. You know, we, we know you and I is a really good program. Mm-hmm. And you and I is taking on a good Illinois State team. Does that reverberate across the country? Yeah, I don't know. And it's going to bring in a big number? No, I don't, think it, I don't think it will. And is ESPN going to all of a sudden be paying? Because you do that, all right, you're taking away these big paydays. When they go and play an FBS team, mm-hmm. and they're taking on and they're getting that Would check that for, make up for it? No, 600000 up to you know $1.5 million, mm-hmm. is that TV money going? to make up for it, the coverage that you get, I don't think it does. I understand the idea. Yeah, you get the spotlight to yourself. And and this conversation's happened for the Mac. Oh, man, it's so tough. they got to play those Tuesday and Wednesday games. Well, they play those games because they get the coverage, and they get people that actually watch because you put an Ohio-Kent State game. I'm in on Tuesday night. But you put it at 2.30 on a Saturday. No, there's nobody going to watch. Nobody's going to watch it. So that's the reason they do it. Same thing. You move that thing to April. Are people really excited for Mac football in April? Yeah. I, I think it's a hard sell. I, I'm with you, Trent. I think, I mean, who doesn't like those games in November, oh, right? You might get some snow flurries in the air. There's and, bad games that you come in the next oh, day talking just about. Giddy them. about them. Like, did you watch that Ball State <laughs> Buffalo game? No, okay, yes, I, did. I, I did. I didn't. <laughs> right. You got to fill me in on that. How about Toledo Eastern Michigan? <laughs> Chris Creighton doing a good job. Yeah, doing a big job <laughs> over there. All right, we've got a, a fun show lined up today. I think Cappy, and again, if you're if you're new to the program, first of all, thank you. Or if you're new to the radio station, um, David Kaplan's our weekly guest from Chicago. He covers Chicago sports, and he's a staple there. In a lot of ways, he's he is to Chicago sports what Keith Murphy is to Des Moines. Yeah, yeah. fair to say that's a good one. Yeah, uh, same same type of personality. Everybody loves Cappy. Everybody loves Murph. Obviously, um, and, and Caps covered the Cubs for the longest time. Now this year, his network doesn't have them, but. 
where I started to go was, is, is he's on the air right now in Chicago on ESPN 1000. So Trent and I have to tape Cappy every morning at 8, or every Wednesday when we have him, we tape him uh, at 8.35. So Tappy's on, uh, Cappy's on tape, full disclosure. Uh, we'll do a lot on baseball with the White Sox and the Cubs. And he might surprise you a little bit with the conversation yeah. today, because I thought I was going to pick a fight with him. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> Not that I wanted to have a fight with him. I thought, oh boy, we're going to start this off on the wrong foot. But uh, anyways, let's see if we can start your day on the right foot by putting a thousand dollars in your pocket as KXNO and iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword money to two hundred two hundred right now. Your chance to win a thousand dollars. That's money to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. A lot of football content. Conversation to come this hour. We will speak with Pete Futek from College Football News next. Adam Teicher, the Chiefs are 50 days away from beginning the defense of their Super Bowl title. 50 days from now, we'll be watching Thursday Night Football on NBC. Do you know, because uh, I just read a piece of The Athletic, how the uh, the NHL, Eddie Olchek's doing stuff from Connecticut. Oh, really? Right. He's not going to be there. Pat Foley and the radio guys, they're not going to be. We should get Joe Donald in here yeah, uh, one day to, to see if he can help us out in this. By the way, I saw a really good tweet when it comes to this. Who would have thought that the Toronto Blue Jays are playing their home games in Pittsburgh and the Pittsburgh Penguins are playing their playoffs in Toronto? What a world. The world we live in, right? Uh, so anyways, a lot of football conversation coming up next. Pete Futek joins Trent and I. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 10. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. We welcome you to the program. Adam Teicher from ESPN.com coming up in about, oh, 15, 18 minutes, somewhere around there, 50 days from today. The Chiefs begin their defense of their Super Bowl title. Right now, he's Pete Futek. He joins us, College Football News. Uh, Pete, great to have you back on. Uh, Trent and Ken in Des Moines. How are you, sir? Everything's going all right. How are you guys hanging in? Doing well. So, um, I'm not sure if you saw this or not, but uh, Texas, their AD came out this morning, and they're planning on hosting South Florida on September the 5th, which everybody hopes is exactly what happens, uh, and that the Big 12 is planning on playing a 12-game schedule as of today. Uh, as of today being the operative uh, ending of that sentence, I would think. But look, uh, the Big 12 is still, I guess, as we sit here today, a full speed ahead with their tough, with their entire slate. Yeah, they kind of, it's a different animal than the Big 10 or the Pac-12 who are going to conference-only schedules and uh, even the SEC and ACC because you already have uh, the top, everyone's playing everyone else. So you already have you know a nine-game schedule against the entire conference. So you still need to have uh, other games, if you want to round it out and do more than a nine-game season. The kind of question that's going to have to happen, though, is why? So, And what the Big Ten, to be cynical here, the Big Ten and Pac-12 sort of figured out was that, well, we want control over all our protocols, and uh, we need to be able to kind of figure out what to do 
when and if uh, someone gets sick. But also, there aren't going to be fans in the stands, and if there are, there's only going to be a couple of them. So they don't want to pay for these non-conference games. So if you're Texas, I guess it makes sense if you can get the Longhorn Network revenue off of playing uh, South Florida or whoever you're going to make the TV revenue off of this. But without fans there, there's really kind of not a point to playing these non-conference games. But let's see if they're going to do it. Pete, we talked a little bit earlier about the continued speculation moving football to spring, and even if it doesn't happen at the FBS level or the Power 5 structure, it happening for the FCS, not just for this year, but going forward. Your thoughts on spring football for this football season? And then going forward, does it make sense for you, for the FCS, to go that route and try to get some eyeballs on those games moving it to the springtime? I mean, okay, you know, for me, sure, you know, because I cover this stuff, and sure, more content, but uh, it's there's no real appetite forever for spring football, and you've seen this with all the other leagues that keep trying it out uh, throughout the year, at least on the professional level. I guess that's to get some eyeballs out to get someone to pay attention to FCS games, but it's just not a, it's just a, there's a feel to these things that, that fans just don't like having things disrupted now. Having spring football for one year, it's going to be, it would be an interesting call on so many different levels because, you know, forgetting the fact that you have different teams than you have now, and I know everyone's like, it's going to be about the draft and all this. Okay, so maybe you're losing Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, but you really don't lose as many players as you might think. But the other question is, what's going to be different? Like, why would spring be any better than right now? Because mm-hmm. there's, you know, for all the good talk about vaccines, it's really not realistically going to kick in full force uh, by spring ball. So either you have tests that are a whole lot easier where you spit in a cup and, you know, switch it around. If it turns blue, you're fine. And all of a sudden that's a game changer Uh, or not to get political, but depending on what happens in the election, either we have an administration with a whole lot uh, different agendas and different ways of doing things, or we have the same one, which uh, who knows how that would work. So uh, that's the only X factor uh, for spring ball, but again, if you didn't figure it out by now after four and a half and five months, I don't know exactly what else would be different for spring. Hmm. Do you feel that? Um, look, we we know baseball starts tomorrow in a couple of cities. We the NBA they so far so good in their bubble. The NHL looks as though they'll be able to pull it off. I'm convinced the NFL is going to do whatever they possibly can. College yep. football of the you know of the sports that we're going to embark on here within the next thirty to forty days seems like the most unlikely to happen to me it's just so darn difficult right with with amateurs with college kids with college campuses some of which may have students it it just seems like if there is one that doesn't uh that we don't get college football to me is that sport how about you at least least across all 130 teams because there's again this is kind of why the conference only side of things really makes a difference because this it's such a vast sport there's no uh, Roger Goodell or Adam Silver up top who can really mandate certain things. So it, it's going to have to go conference commissioner by conference commissioner. And look, it's going to go state by state, conference by conference. And right now, I mean, again, not to get political about this, but this is going to be politicized because college football is such an issue for so many that red state versus blue state, who's open, who's not, it's really going to be different depending on the region of the country. Uh, so it, it is going to be a little bit different in some ways. I do think there is going to be college football played in some way. 
But for the life of me, I do not understand why college football programs have not gone under the authoritarian rule that it can, because it's the one sport that can absolutely demand uh, really kind of draconian measures and say, look, we're under a lockdown. If you want to play college football this year, you are in the athletic dorm. You do not see anybody else, no parties, no other sports, because all, all colleges are going to end up being remote anyway, for the most part. Mm-hmm. So just take your classes in these athletic dorms. It's only a three-month regular season. It's not like it's a, you know, an eight-month baseball season or anything. You're, you're just talking for three months. It's going to go by in a snap. Look, the NBA is in a bubble. The NHL is in a bubble. And I do think the NFL, to a certain extent, is going to kind of figure out how to lock down a little bit harder. That's how you get that guy to do it for college football. And they need basketball and baseball to get going. So the next few days are huge because you just need the optics of team sports in this country being played just so it looks like it can happen. Because right now it's still kind of an abstract concept. You know, the English Premier League is one thing. Golf is one thing. But to have you know, regular sports that we're used to going off on a team basis, that kind of takes away a little bit of stigma. And we need to know what happens when something wrong goes down and someone gets sick, how those sports are handling it and how they're going forward with it, and then college football can take its cues from there. Uh, how how uh, flexible is TV going to have to be? Look, we, we get that uh, they've always run. They dictate what time your school is kicking off for the most part. Uh, but, but this year, might they even have to be more involved with a whole ton of flexibility in? Because if they lose a primetime game, uh, there's no fans in these stadiums anyways. Don't you think that, you know, I'll, I'll just pull whatever. I'll use uh, Oklahoma State at Iowa State. They were supposed to kick off at, at 11 o'clock, but because for one, for whatever reason they are not going to be able to broadcast the prime timer, that all of a sudden that thing gets moved to, you know, they're looking for something in prime time. Might the TV uh, networks, particular ESPN, even be more involved and in right up to the last second than they normally are? To a point, but that's the easier part of the puzzle. Usually you can't move games because of ticket sales. And that's kind of the harder part of this, and that's not going to be a factor right. now. And, and so it, it's at least to a certain extent. So that's not going to be an issue. It's why I kind of actually think if they do play college football at all, one of the easier parts of this is going to be a bowl season. Like everyone, you know, it's one of the big questions. Like, well, how are you going to do college football playoff in the bowl system? Well, like normal mainly because ESPN owns most of the bowl season, mm-hmm. and they're going to want programming throughout December. So there you can really take two – I mean, bowls are really – you take two teams, you lock them down in a city for a week, and that's easy. So that's kind of what happens to begin with. But, yeah, that's going to dictate some of this, and everyone's going to have to be extremely flexible across the board. But the beauty of this for the networks is that you know, there's so many college football games that you really can uh, pick and choose. So, okay, if your Iowa State, Oklahoma State doesn't happen on this exact date, you already know that there's like 30 other games happening that you can pump up and prime up. So let's put our heads in the sand for a moment. Pretend all this moves aside. and We're having college football in whatever fashion it looks like here. Starting the Big Ten. Uh, Ken and I would be at Big Ten Media Days. Pete, you might show up. You might make the drive over from your, your outpost to make the short drive to Big Ten Media Days. It'd be happening this week. Ohio State is the favorite. Just how good is this Ohio State team? Another win another Big Ten title, good, or is this a real contender for a national championship? Oh, sure. It's number one in the country or number two or number three. I mean, the talent's still there even after mm-hmm. all the losses. Uh, it, it's still the big one. Penn State also is the team to watch out mm-hmm. for. Uh, they don't have the, the high-end names, though, than maybe Micah Parsons, 
who people know on a, on a high end or on a national scale. But Penn State is right there. Michigan gets dumped on because it's Michigan and they can't beat Ohio State, but that defense is going to be a killer. So you have, you have the, the East is still going to have its big three up top. Uh, the West is where it really gets interesting because, you know, Wisconsin, what's the only question mark about Wisconsin really other than maybe finding a number one receiver is who's going to run the ball. Like, you don't have uh, Jonathan Taylor there anymore. And it's kind of asking a lot out of Jalen Berger as a true freshman to be another uh, Jonathan Taylor. So if your real concern at Wisconsin is running back, well, then things are all right there. So uh, the West is going to be kind of interesting as well. But the real what I can't wait for any, out of anything else to pull the head out of the sand a little bit is how they will figure out a conference-only schedule. Because first of all, it's going to be awesome if they can do this. Mm-hmm. Because there's no fluff, no cupcakes, you know, no FCS games. It's just all Big Ten action for a full season. I will absolutely take it. Yeah. But look at a team like Wisconsin who right now misses Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, and Rutgers. So if you're an Iowa fan and Wisconsin, and they decide to go to a 10-game schedule and Wisconsin's playing Rutgers, you're kind of mad if you're you know in the Cornhusker or Hawkeye when you see that. So uh, all of a sudden, Wisconsin could play a, a much tougher game than they would have had to deal with before. Well, and I'll use Iowa because they get Ohio State, Penn State back-to-back weeks, and Michigan State as well. And if they get saddled with, say, oh, we're going to give you Michigan. You're going to miss Rutgers and Maryland or, or Indiana. We're going to give you Michigan as your fourth one. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I couldn't agree with you more. When will we see that, Pete? When will we get the schedule? Uh, apparently by July 31st. Apparently they're going to do it. I kind of foresee the everyone as a whole kicking the can to October. And I think, one, they just, again, I think the, the, the conference commissioners, to, I've hammered on them that for not coming up with any sort of a plan until now. Uh, even now they don't have a plan. Uh, but I do kind of think that they thought that things would be a lot easier and there would be something more on a national scale that makes, would make things easier that's not. So I'll give them a little bit of a break. But they also need, again, the sp- other sports to get going. They need the NFL to get going because they need to be able to take the lead there. Uh, they need a few better protocols. So my guess will be that they are going to decide, this is just speculation, they're going to decide to start in October just to give themselves another month just to kind of relax a little bit uh, and then come up with a schedule uh, in a couple of weeks that says we're just going to front load all the division games early and leave some room at the end if we need to. Head back in the sand. Let's go to the Big 12. Iowa State, you guys have fifth in your preseason power rankings of the Big 12. Your thoughts on the Cyclones, and then who's opposite Oklahoma in that Big 12 title game? Uh, if it, Texas and Oklahoma State are the two, which, you know, Texas, just because it is Texas and it's supposed to be good enough to be there, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but they've just been so underwhelming. But that team has got the talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, Oklahoma State's going to be a killer. Yep. I mean, just... With everything else that's going on around Mike Gundy and all his goofiness and problems, uh, if he can keep every keep it all together, I mean, you look at that that offense with Chuba Hubbard and mm-hmm. uh, Tyler Wallace, Wallace. The receiver. I mean, they are Stoner. absolutely loaded. Uh, so Oklahoma State, this is one of those years that it could rise up and have one of those you know ten win caliber campaigns. Even though they're probably going to play that many games, but uh, they're going to have a big season as well. Uh, but the Big 12 as a whole, and I, see, I feel like I say this every year, just feels like it's going to be better. If last year was a transition season for you know Kansas and West Virginia and Kansas State with 
uh, and Texas Tech with new head coaches. Well, now they're a little more established. So we know Kansas State's going to be a rock. Uh, we know that you know Kansas is going to be a little bit better, uh, but still Kansas. Uh, Texas Tech, if it can keep everyone healthy, all of a sudden doesn't become a speed bump anymore. So the Big 12, you have a lot of teams now that are a whole lot better looking than they were last year at this time. Yeah, I like Iowa State's defense. Of course, the quarterback is terrific. Running back, Brees Hall, solid. A great group of tight ends. I think the clones are going to uh, maybe better. You guys had them fifth. I could see them sneaking into that conversation as to, I mean, Baylor is, is falling down a little bit. I'm with you on Oklahoma State. They've so many skilled guys. Going to be a fun race. Maybe this is the year Oklahoma State's on the, our Oklahoma, rather, is on the outside looking mm. in. Seems like a reach, uh, but. Th- well, yeah, only the problem with that is it's all up to whether or not they get the quarterback mm-hmm. play right. I mean, it's asking so much out of a Spencer Rattler or anybody else uh, to match what's happened over the last three quarterbacks. But the rest of the team is phenomenal. I mean, just Oklahoma is still so much more. I mean, that offensive line, yeah. the receiving core, the defense now, I mean, it's all still there. But like I said, I mean, they struggled to get through last season and get back to the college football playoff. And like you said, Baylor's going to take a step back, but they're still pretty good. TCU is, well, I mean, it's again, there are so many landmines in this conference yeah. this year that maybe you don't have a bunch of killers uh, like you do in other conferences, but you have just enough where, you know, if you do have a conference only schedule, every week's going to be really entertaining. Uh, Spielman just signed with uh, TCU. Did he get immediate? Yep. Is, he, is he eligible right away? Do you know? I think so. I mean, don't Eesh. quote me on that, but I think he is. Some. I mean, I kind of assume that everyone's immediate because that's kind of how this works. I hope that's uh, the way they're but, going, uh, too. Yeah. So, But, yes, at the very least, they didn't need him to begin with with a uh, pretty good group, and he just he just makes it a whole lot better. We're out of time, Pete Futek. Love talking to you. Can't wait to do it again. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you. Later, guys. Take care. Pete College Football News. Uh, from the college game to the NFL game, 50 days from today, NFL game one, Thursday night, football defending champion. <laughs> Hard swallow? <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. Adam Teicher, next Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO 10- Avenue in Des Moines. Condon, thanks for joining us. Thanks to Pete Futek. Talked a little college football. Let's do some NFL football. Adam Teicher uh, covers the Chiefs uh, for ESPN.com. 50 days from today, the season begins. The Chiefs will be uh, begin their defense of the Super Bowl. Uh, Adam Teicher joins us. Teicher, Trenton, Ken, and Des Moines. Thanks, Adam. How you been? Good. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. You know, before we get into the Chiefs, we talked a little bit, Trent and I did yesterday, of a, a rumor uh, the Kauffman Stadium, maybe the, the Royals are thinking about a downtown stadium. Truman Sports Complex would then be Arrowhead um, by itself. I don't know what they would do with Kauffman, but they would be the only tenant. You're there. Is there anything to the Royals moving to downtown? Well, I, I think the Royals' next stadium will be downtown, you know, whenever that is, you know, 10 years, 20 years, oh, okay. 30 years. I, I think eventually that's what that'll be. Um, I think they'd like to get on board with the downtown stadium thing. Um, uh, Them meaning the Royals. I think they'd like to get on that downtown stadium thing. But 
Um, you know, and there's maybe a little bit of momentum for that, but you know, they they just re- renovated those stadiums. Right. Uh, it's actually, it's actually been a few years now. It seems like it was yesterday, but it's been not too long, though. Uh, close to ten years. Well, it's been like ten years. Has it really? Wow. 2010, I think. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. It's when they opened those up, I think nine or ten years, something like that. So, uh, you know, they've got a ways to go. I mean, Coffin's still a great place to go yeah. to a game, and even if it's maybe not where a lot of people would prefer the stadium be, um, you know, it's it's they spent too much money on it and it's still too nice a place to just ball it up and throw it in the trash right now, you know. So right. uh, um, I, I feel like the Royals will be there for the foreseeable future, whether that's 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. I, I feel like the Royals will be there, but I, I do feel like at some point they'll be moving downtown, yeah. Uh, Arrowhead, such a great home field advantage. We saw Lambeau, another great home field advantage, said ten to 12,000 people. What's, uh, what, are, what are the Chiefs planning? Have they made their uh, announcement regarding how many fans they're going to let into the building on, on game days? No, they haven't given numbers like that. I mean, they've, they've basically started selling some tickets and uh, just said it's going to be at a greatly reduced uh, number. Um, so, you know, they are making plans for that, but it's, it's going to be less than we have come to expect. I mean, if there's 20,000 people in there, that, that would be a high number to me. And I, I think it's realistic to expect something less than that, you know, exactly where I don't know yet, but, um, you know, and, and Hey, it may be that at some point they have to quit letting people in at all, you know? So, um, it's just going to be a weird phenomenon. The whole season start to finish is just going to be a, a weird season, but, uh, let's hope everybody stays safe and we get through this thing. Right. Well, Washington's going to have a new name. It's going to be different there. And there's conversation. Maybe that Kansas city will have to do something the same with the chief's name and even arrowhead stadium. What can you tell us the latest on that front? As far as uh, the, the naming of the team, well, I mean, it's a little more nuanced with the Chiefs, or actually a lot more nuanced with the Chiefs than it was with uh, Washington, for sure. Um, you know, the Chiefs have actually reached out to a lot of Native American groups in the in the region and, and sort of tried to um, listen to their concerns and, and be respectful with a lot of the, uh, not just the name, but the, the logos, the, the game day traditions, you know, that kind of thing. And, and so they, they, they've tried at least. And, you know, I, I don't know that a lot of people feel the name Chiefs is inherently racist, but maybe how that name is used can be. And a lot of the things the Chiefs do um on game day, a lot of the things their fans do can be considered to be offensive. So there, there's there's work to do here, um, I, I think, on the part of the Chiefs. Whether that will require a name change, I, I don't know whether it will go to that point. But, uh, you know, it's certainly something to watch. But my, my sense is, at least for now, that most of the changes that will have to come with the Chiefs in this regard will be more to their game day operations and, and some of the things they do um, to, promote, to promote themselves to their fans. Well, speaking of change, or in this case, not a lot of change, the number of starters that the Chiefs have coming back, I mean, they're, they're poised to do, it, to do it again, although Baltimore may have a say, we'll see. Uh, but, man, a defending Super Bowl champion who won 12-4 and four and has a, uh, a franchise quarterback for the next decade at least. I can't recall a team uh, as set to defend their crown as this one. 
Yeah, they are. I mean, it's, um, you know, in a normal season, you'd have to feel like um, they had a pretty good advantage. Let's see what it's going to be like uh, in this unbelievable season. It's going to be an unbelievable season. Um, But they are. They're set up pretty well. You know, I do like the things Baltimore did to to get better. I I think the Ravens are better now than they were last year. So it's going to be a great – I think this is kind of setting up for the next few years to be a – a nice rivalry for AFC West, or excuse me, AFC supremacy. You know, maybe like the the Colts under Peyton Manning and uh, the Brady Patriots were a few years ago. You know, where these are sort of the teams that are going to be fighting it out every year for for the AFC Championship. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be easy. Regardless, I, I think the, the Ravens will certainly push the Chiefs, and maybe, who knows? Maybe somebody else will as well. But. Uh, I don't think it's any question those two teams are the, the class in the AFC. Adam Teicher joining us, ESPN.com, the Chiefs beat writer there here on Miller & Condon on KXNO. So development continues between the Players Union and the league coming together, what it's going to look like, the agreement, governing training camp, and how that's going to play out. What's the latest you're hearing, Teich, on that front? And and as you've said a couple of times, a season like we've never seen before, training camp is going to be so different. What are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, I, they're, they're steaming down the tracks here. I mean, they're getting ready to go. Yes. Um, I mean, camp's going to look different than it's ever looked. Um, you know, they're not going to be starting practice. I mean, the rookie started showing up on uh, Monday for the Chiefs. Normally, they'd be on the field uh, today, starting today. So, uh on the 22nd was when the Chiefs were hoping to get on the field with their rookies, but that's not going to happen now. I mean, Andy Reid was saying the other day it might be close to two weeks before the Chiefs have anything that resembles what we know is a, a real practice. I mean, there might be some walk-through kind of things, but as far as a real practice, it might be um, maybe next weekend before the Chiefs really get into that kind of stuff, and maybe even longer than that. So uh, it's just going to be a, a weird deal, and um, you know, I, I think the, the the league and the players are far enough along on the health and safety part of this that I, I think um, you know they, they won't have to stop. Players won't pull out, or or, or they won't have to stop this because uh, uh, they don't have an agreement, or they or there's some things they still need to take care of. I think that part of it's okay. Now the financial part is the other part of it, but. Uh, you know, a lot of things they're talking about won't necessarily affect this year. They'll affect things down the road. So they can play while they're talking about those things. So I think this, from a, a player versus owner, from a labor uh, situation, I think that um, uh, this thing is on the right track as far as proceeding. So we'll see how well everybody does with it. But uh, I do feel like um, this thing is, is a go for now, at least. What's um? What's it? What's I mean? I don't think anything's keeping Andy Reid up at night. He's sleeping very well. I mean, what what's the concern about this team, Adam? I I struggle to find a weakness. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a pretty solidly built team. I mean, you know, you, certainly they're loaded with great offensive players. Uh, you know, have their share of good defensive players as well. So, um, you know, it is a pretty solid team. I mean, the Chiefs have done a nice job uh, with the, the players they've signed for the most part and, and how they've drafted the last few years. So, uh, or on the way, maybe, with guys like um, uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire and Louis Gay. So, um, you know, we'll see how, how this year's draft turns out. But no, this is a solid team. You know, 
not perfect. I, I think they you know, they could use some help in the defensive backfield. I kind of look for them maybe to, to add a corner um, as we go along here, uh, we'll see where that goes. But if there's any one position, I'm kind of looking at them to okay. maybe bring a guy in at this point. It's cornerback. So uh, we'll see where they go. But uh, I do feel it is a pretty solid group, yeah. Indeed they are. Adam Teicher, ESPN.com. Adam, thank you. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you uh, uh, as the season rolls along. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Hey, hey anytime, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Adam Teicher, a long time on the Chiefs beat, whether it be with Kansas City Star or now uh, at ESPN.com. Of course, Andy Reid's losing a little bit of sleep, realizing yeah. that Drew Locke is in year number yeah, right, two. Right, right. I've heard a lot about this over the last four months. It's Drew Locke it must be good. <laughs> He's really good, Trent. Keep telling yourself that. <laughs> NBA and MLB. Cappy and Sean Devaney coming up in hour two, 1460, 106.3.